Are you a caregiver? Or do you have a loved one who is aging and you or they might have questions that need to be answered? We have some answers that might help. This is Aging Life Network with Nancy Oriola. Today, you'll hear from experts and others related to the field of aging who will bring you answers, best practices, and tips for helping your loved one navigate this new part of life. Now, here is your host, Nancy Oriola. Hi, this is your host, Nancy. I'm coming to you live on the Health and Wellness Channel at voiceamerica.com, or you may be hearing this show um, on your favorite podcast channel. Happy New Year. Uh, This is my last show for 2020, a year that none of us will forget, although we look forward to um, having 2021 bring back some um, relief and normalcy into our lives. But, you know, as they say, um, life goes on and, um, to you know, in the world of aging, um, things don't stop. Needs uh, continue to develop and families continue to be concerned and dementias continue to, do, to progress. And so um, here we are um, at year end and wanting to talk about planning and um, goal setting and reflection, something we're all doing for ourselves. And today we want to talk about having you do that for others as well or with others as well. Um, I have a woman with me today who has dedicated herself to the field of aging for more than 30 years. Uh, My guest, Catherine Rowlands, who is called Kathy by many, um, I'll probably call her Catherine today, has been a geriatric care manager for more than 25 years. Um, She um, began her career early on as a biomedical research scientist and uh, got an MBA and went into the field of healthcare administration and consulting in healthcare administration um, before founding uh, her own care management and guardianship practice uh, that has now grown to uh, more than eight folks uh, working for her. And although she has those eight folks working for her, um, she continues to work with families and seniors herself. Um, So she's been in the care management world for more than 25 years. And, you know, community-based care management is a relatively new profession as compared to other professions. And our guest has followed this growth for some time. Um, Given Catherine's work as a guardian, I'm going to make a leap here and guess that there's not much she hasn't seen in terms of families and seniors. Uh, There are many topics, Um, you know, I myself am a care manager and have practiced in the guardianship arena for 20 years this year. Um, And so there are many topics I could talk with Catherine about. However, given that this is my last show of 2020, I've asked Catherine to join me to look forward. Uh, We want to talk about planning and goals and reflection. It's what we do as the new year approaches, typically. And again, I want to uh, encourage you to um, to do this for those uh, and with those you care about. I want to start by offering this definition of life care 
planning or as it's um, titled um, on the internet as elder care planning. And that is that it's essentially a comprehensive strategy that helps define a senior's wishes and assists those designated care providers, family members, and advocates um, in handling the physical, personal, and financial affairs of a senior aging into the last phase of life. Um, now that's what it says on the internet, but Catherine, would you agree that this definition, with this definition, are, are there other aspects of life care planning that aren't mentioned here, like mental health? And I think that, you know, one of the biggest ones is that the elderly, elder person, um, I'm, I'm dealing with one now that lost her husband. And mm-hmm. there is some sort of a conflict between uh, herself and her son, her only son. He wants to put her in an assisted living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's very difficult for some people, especially if uh, they're, you know, have all their faculties. Mm-hmm. So, ambulate. so, yeah. Yeah. So, transition. Um, Transition is a a big, big issue. Transitions change, although, you know, as we age, we get more and more used to change and realize it's a part of life. But but it's true that the loss of a spouse um, is very significant and can impact uh, many areas of your life. And right. And don't you agree that often family members, um, you know, who aren't doing planning, typically earlier than later, um, don't always understand the difference between um, working with a loved one to create a plan and sort of taking over and doing what they think is in their best interest? I mean, there's a clear difference. Yes, and that is the biggest issue. And mm. in this case, that is a real issue. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I tried to get, she's had some depression and some anxiety and everything. Right. And so I've, I've told her, just hold off. Wait, you know, till we get, get everything settled and then wait a, a month or so. And then you can reevaluate where you would like to be. So in her case, um, yes, looking at um, physical, personal, and financial affairs um, would Mm -hmm. also include um, her mental health, uh, where she is. And, and, you know, in the middle of COVID, uh, mental health becomes so much more of a critical issue when we're talking about planning, right? I mean... Correct, correct. And like she was taking down, taken down to look at a facility and nobody was out, out of their rooms. She didn't see anybody. Well, that's probably because they, you know, right now a lot of them are keeping them in their rooms. Right. A lot of, um, I think a lot of seniors are postponing um, uh, moves. Uh, you have a little yes. more flexibility in your home if you can, A, afford it and B, mm-hmm. um um, uh, you know, have the need. Um, mm-hmm. So, and that will all come into our discussion about what's involved in a plan. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would add, I would add um, planning involves a lot of other issues. Um, 
legal, oh, yes. legal issues, medical, which would fall under personal, but but they didn't mention legal or mental health. And so in, in mm-hmm. our, can you share with, um, with our listeners why life care planning is an important exercise to complete with a loved one and why doing so sooner rather than later is recommended? Um, I, can t- I, you know, I, I can tell you that a lot of people have no clue what is out there and they really need to start thinking about it when they're probably in their late 50s, early 60s, in the 60s. What do, you mean by, what do you mean by out there? What kind of options are out there for you? Oh, I see. Yeah. You, you know, mm-hmm. the options mm-hmm. are, and whether you can afford those options, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's, uh, there's, assist, there's assisted living, uh, different, you know, there's one, you know, if you have dementia, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have those t- type of those facilities that are geared to that treatment. They have independent living that people can get in and buy apartments. They buy into it. It depends on your resources again. And uh, then you can, most of those uh, community communities have assisted living. And then they have an arrangement or they have their own nursing home. So you can stay in one under one uh, community umbrella. Right. They're called life, life to, care. Life, mm-hmm. care, life, life care, care communities. Right. Yeah. Where but you, you have go. to be careful of mm-hmm. those. Yes. You have to read the fine print and the contract. Read the some fine of them. print. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the nothing. Contract. There's nothing worse than paying, you know, two hundred fifty, five hundred thousand dollars up front, and and you know, yes. in year two, having you know a loved one die, and those that that, that money's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but in terms of overall planning, um, so what you're talking about more is yeah, a, sort of a long term plan. I'm a young senior, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward and. Uh, I'm working with my financial planner and my estate planning uh, attorney, and I'm pulling together my, you know, my advanced directives, my living will, um, you know, what are my wishes, um, what can I afford, uh, building Mm -hmm. it into a retirement plan. But I want to talk today more about, you know, mom is 85 and... Um, you know, maybe there's only one of three or four children living nearby who has most notably, um, you know, become concerned that um, mom's needs are changing and increasing and there's some concern and, you know, the other family members may not see it. They're out of town. They haven't seen her in a year. Mm -hmm. They're only doing phone calls. And so why would it be important now to do the planning? Or even if mom's needs aren't increasing, but she is 85. um, Why would it be um, important to gather um, and develop some kind of forward-thinking plan now rather than waiting until there's a crisis. Crisis management isn't very good Mm -hmm. if you wait till a crisis comes Mm -hmm. and then you have to do something. It's it's hard to make a rational decision 
about what mm-hmm. you want to do, where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've seen that where, uh, you know, family member thinks they need to be in assisted living and the, uh, the elder thinks they need to stay home. <laughs> right. And you've got and three, three days to make a decision mm-hmm. right. and it's, it's hard. And if mm-hmm. somebody goes to the hospital, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what do you do then? Do you think about, uh, you know, people have to think about where they want to go if something happens, like a broken hip, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, pneumonia. Well, it gets back to that affordability issue, too. If, yeah, it's, if, afford- it's affordability. You know, can you go home? Um, also, mm-hmm. you know, um, could you have avoided the fall if you had? Yeah, that's, that's, another, that's another issue. Mm-hmm. If you had a plan in place, could you avoid a yeah, fall? Yeah, like... This little lady that I'm dealing with, she wouldn't use a, she refused to use a walker. I said, mm-hmm. well, you're going to be very sorry if you fall and break a hip. So I got her a cane, mm-hmm. one of those four-pronged canes that she mm-hmm. is using. She's beginning to accept <laughs> that. I, I've had clients, particularly, um, well, Santa Fe folks here in New Mexico, you know, who, who are used to hiking and mountains and such, that I, I've had clients who use ski poles, <laughs> two ski poles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they walk around whatever. with that, you know, whatever, whatever it takes. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, there's um, there are many ways. Um, I mean, certainly going to assisted living is not necessarily a way to avoid a fall, but there are ways that no. fall prevention, uh, there's a lot of material on fall prevention. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what's worse is if there isn't an alert system in place and your loved one place, falls yes. and, and is not discovered for quite some time. I, I did a, I have a recorded interview with a physician on um, the Aging Life Network website Dr. Near, where we talk about, um, you know, what happens to the body and how dangerous it is to lay on the floor mm-hmm. for several hours. And so what may have been simply a broken hip could become much more acute and mm-hmm. dangerous. Um, Correct. And suddenly you're not doing rehab and going home. You're, 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 um, you know, going into long term. You're going into a nursing home because things right. are far worse. So, 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 life care planning is is um, would you say um, a way to look at risks, look at um, mitigating risk or minimizing mm-hmm. it, um, mm-hmm. involving your loved one. I mean, waiting to do life care planning can often mean your loved one can't participate. Due to Correct. right, yeah, right, and that happens a lot of times. Yeah, and so now we're guessing what mom would want. We're guessing. Yes, and and maybe you guess wrong and move them out, and they don't adjust to whatever facility you put them in. Right, right. Um, yeah, um, and when a life care manager is involved, we typically begin with what we call a biopsychosocial assessment. But, you know, right. it, you can also 
um, just simply say, you know, the first thing you need to do is assess a person's needs, where they are today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're looking at such things as um, their wishes, right, for life-sustaining treatment. Right. You know, have have they actually signed a DNR, DNI? You know, what are their end-of-life um, mm-hmm. concerns, um, as you said, where do they want to live as they age? How do they want to age? Because mm-hmm. it's really about aging well. It's really about ensuring quality of life, uh, mm-hmm. maintaining independence as long as possible. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of people have no clue because they figured I mean, at least that's been my experience, is that they figure Medicare is going to cover for it, cover it. Yes. Well, the financial piece is is critical because... Is, is, is a big issue, and mm-hmm. people, people, I think, in my career, I found, you know, they all, nobody, dis, first of all, nobody discussed it, who's going to pay for it and, and what's out there when I first started. And that's right. why, I mean, I bought long-term care insurance. I have no intention of leaving my home. I see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And and actually, um, the I don't know. Historically, all the the data has said that eighty-five percent of older adults prefer to stay at home. Although mm-hmm. those those numbers were. Uh, before we had so many options for communal living, I think I, I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't know what the numbers are now, but um, but for the most part, people prefer. And and I've done I've done shows about and you know um, all that's involved in keeping mom in her home. But um, but assuming right now, whether it's in her home or or she's already living somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think any shared decision-making should be made, um, you know, with as much of an understanding of your loved one's goals and wishes for the future as possible. Correct. So we can, we can start there. Um, I think also it's very useful if you have a group involved in um, the care or are concerned or developing this plan that there be kind of a point person um, in mm-hmm. my, I, I have a guide, the top 10 things you need to know that people can download for free. Um, and the very first chapter is called Who's on First? You know, you Correct. have to define, you know, is mom still defining um, the plan? Or um, is there a power of attorney in place? Would you say, this is a little off topic, that even if someone does have power of attorney, the way to mitigate conflict in any family is that the person with power of attorney needs to be transparent and involve others, mm-hmm. um, perhaps you know, not in the ultimate decision-making, but in hearing the other's concerns. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. People can, if you know, of all you know, of all the uh, pluses and the minuses of a of a decision or you know, option, are 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 presented to everybody, mm-hmm. and 
I think that, you know, discussion with that, you just, you know, unfortunately, as we just discussed, sometimes, you know, when people don't do it, they get into crisis management and nobody's very happy with the yes. outcome. Well, and yeah, I mean, you can't create a plan in the middle of a crisis. All you can no, do is, no, all absolutely, you can do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Although, you know, unfortunately, it is when people often come together. You know, they might mm-hmm. handle the crisis, but then it is a window of opportunity, um, particularly when you have some family members um, who aren't really, who've not been able to see that the problem was developing. And so mm-hmm. it is an opportunity uh, for those with the bigger concerns to call together and, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the support system of family, friends, loved ones, whoever's in, involved mm-hmm. to do that assessment. And you, so, and you have, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think that it's very important uh, that whoever is the lead person is somebody that the, uh, the elder, you know, can uh, identify with or mm-hmm. however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. Because I think is, you know, I mean, even in my family, everybody, three of us, all of three of us have different relationships with our parents. Right. Well, sometimes it might be the power of attorney if they yeah. have been named. And typically mm-hmm. you would assume uh, someone named a power of attorney that they trust, a person they trust. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of the meeting, I mean, we'll we'll get to that in a moment, but in the meantime, mm-hmm. could you share with our listeners what is involved in the assessments that we do and the information that we think is most important for families to gather and understand if they're just starting out and perhaps they're not working with a care manager? What, what is important for um, them um, to, you know, to look at? Mm-hmm. Well, I think they've got to look at, you know, the, the financial part, mm-hmm. number one. You know, they can start there and know who's paying the bill or how the bills are being paid, mm-hmm. what the resources are. Mm-hmm. Then I would say you need to, uh, maybe they're, you know, the the elder isn't paying their bills, you know, so that's a clue. Something has to be done. Or if they can... Uh, take care of themselves, bathing, dressing, eating, and uh, maintaining their, you know, their safety, what their safety awareness is about. And some people can stay home a long time with uh, a life alert button. And some of these Zoom um, uh, uh, computer things, little ones that People could, you know, communicate with oh, the people. Granny, with their, the, yeah, the granny. Yeah, the great grand. Yeah, those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a marvelous idea. Uh, as long as they, as long as they, you know, use it. Uh, I think you have to look at their, their uh, whether their uh, their physical well being, um, and whether they're, you know, are ill all the time or not ill all the time. Are they taking their medications? Mm-hmm. Are they able to ambulate? Um, is the house clean or reasonably clean? I don't think it has to be spotless, but uh, it does have to be picked up. And can they, um, 
I mean, uh, if, if there is a crisis, can they, you know, call somebody or do they know how to use the, the button, the life alert button? I don't know, you know. Those are all the things I look at. Right. So home maintenance. The, the li- you look at the living situation. In fact, the living, the, yeah, the mm-hmm. whole living situation. Right. Yes. And if a care manager is not involved, I mean, you can, you can request and Medicare will pay for, I believe, in many instances, um, a home safety evaluation and actually bring yes. in an occupational therapist who will recommend physical mm-hmm. therapy if needed. Um, very often, um, people, uh, um, I mean, another thing a family can look at under Medicare.gov is the definition for homebound. Right. Yeah. So, because homebound, uh, will get you some benefits, maybe a visiting nurse, but it, you don't necessarily Mm -hmm. have to not be able to leave the house ever. So it's, it's right. um, And you can get some advice and a little bit of support. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So that's something you work with your physician about. Right. Um, and more and more um, around the country, the uh, the health plans do offer, um, some of the health plans do have home care components in there. Yeah, and it's becoming more and more prevalent. Yeah, I think in Florida, aren't they rolling out um, post-hospitalization, some caregiver help? Um, Pardon me? I'm sorry. In Florida, I I had heard that uh, Medicare is doing some rollout of um, offering some caregiver support, paid caregiver support, uh, Mm, post-hospitalization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, some of the plans they'll offer, if you post hospitalization, you'll get meals on, re, you know, they'll bring in meals from, yeah. you know, a restaurant and give you some, some uh, you know, as much support as they can for a short period of time. Well, I think families are often incredibly surprised at how little um, is covered by Medicare when people go oh, home I know. from that hospital. Yeah, it's astounding that, to families. That, that's the shocker. That's the, the shocker. And especially in some states like Florida, mm-hmm. uh, Medicaid doesn't flow like it did in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New York, where I worked. Mm-hmm. It stops here at the nursing home. Oh, there is no home-based services there under is, Medicaid? No, now there is. Their, their uh, community, um, uh, you know, the insurance companies pick it up, but you've got to do a two-month stay in the nursing home. Wow. And then they're, because they're paying for the nursing home, they want to go to the cheapest level of care, so they'll get you out. Right, right. Yeah, and in New Mexico, we call that community reintegration. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. And we have to do 90 days in a nursing home. But we have uh, a, a little bit more. We have a few more benefits for Medicaid. But, yeah. but yes, understanding the Medicaid, Medicare, pro, mm-hmm. pro, understanding the Medicare program, important. Understanding your loved one's insurance, important. Understanding right. the Medicaid options in the state your loved one lives in is important. Mm-hmm. And if a family is interested in doing planning around Medicaid, um, 
the elder law attorney is your best bet. They have really picked up Medicaid planning as a specialty mm-hmm. in that. And, and it, yeah. But um, back to our topic, um, planning. So, um, evaluation of the home, the maintenance needs, safety concerns, accessibility, um, you know, medical equipment that's needed, which can be, um, you know, brought by an OTPT evaluation. Right. Who's doing the finances? And, you know, often uh, we'll talk about the family meeting um, soon. I've just, I think we've gone way over time. Let's see, we probably missed our break. (laughs) Um, Maybe not. Maybe we're just coming up on a break. At any rate, um, yeah, um, you know, managing financial matters, benefits, et cetera, is often a, a good job for somebody who has um, a little, you know, less time or, although it can be a big job, or lives uh-huh. out of town or something like that. Uh-huh. Transportation. I mean, if your loved one is no longer driving. Yes. You know, that can be. And if they don't have, you know, mass transit, which is terribly lacking in uh, mm-hmm. at least Brevard County mm-hmm. <laughs> in Florida. Yes. There is none. Right. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, so drive, right. If, if they're no longer driving, if that's part of the plan to stop the driving, mm-hmm. you determine how transportation is going to happen. Um, right. As you said, personal care, what we call the activities of daily living. Um, right. But it's, it's information you should gather. All their legal information um, end of life mm-hmm. um, information on prepaid funeral um, arrangements. Right. Yeah. Um, where's and, the safe deposit box? That's always a big one. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's uh, like all the instrumental activities of daily living, you know, banking, where all that stuff is done, who's doing it, whose name's on the account. Yes. Or and the actual, box. And even most, <laughs> right, who's on the box. And most critical um, is, um, yeah, the safe deposit box and banking, the mortgage. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, very often everything's in the safe deposit box and you can't get in the safe deposit box uh-huh. if you're not on it. Um, so it creates issues. Uh, but oh, that's a huge, huge issue. The other is, uh, at least it's a big thing down here that I do a lot of, is VA aid and attendance planning. Yes. Yeah, so looking at benefits that a loved one is eligible for is, again, mm-hmm. yes, important. Uh, and then, of course, all the medical information. Who are the doctors? Yeah, so creating sort of a fact sheet. And, you know, oh, I I just remembered what what I had forgotten. Um, These days, knowing passwords on computers is... Oh, that's that's a biggie. Yeah, it's um, particularly if they're using Apple products, it can be a little tricky. So, listen, we're going to take a break. We're overdue on that break. When we come back... I want to talk a little bit about gathering the family together and how to yeah. create this plan. So um, if, if uh, Matt is listening, I'd like to break now. Thanks. 
become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you overwhelmed and struggling with the next step? Is your family in crisis? Do you need advice or help making a difficult decision for an aging loved one? Aging Life Network was developed to connect you with senior care experts and life care professionals who will discuss your unique situation, offer practical step-by-step guidance, tell you the questions to ask, and help you understand the maze of options. Their network of life care professionals, available to you through HIPAA-compliant video conferencing and calls, will work with you to create action plans to solve your current and real-time problems. Aging Life Network's online educational center, ALN Academy, offers 24-7 access to the most up-to-date and accurate information for seniors and their families. Through podcast interviews with senior care experts, articles, and live webinars, Aging Life Network shares with you those things you need to know to care for your aging loved one. Check out aginglifenetwork.com today and find the answers you need. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Aging Life Network. If you have a question or comment for Nancy about the show, please send an email to nancy at aginglifenetwork.com. That's nancy at aginglifenetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, this is Nancy, your host, and I'm here with Catherine Rollins from Melbourne, Melbourne, Florida, um, a life care manager for more than 25 years. We've been talking about um, life care planning and the important um, issues that should be um, discussed and considered, and we recommend doing your planning um, soon, the way you're doing all the rest of your planning, and um, set goals with your loved one. Reflect or um, have them reflect on, you know, what they want and what their wishes are, and see if and work with them to get them to communicate those wishes. There is a .org um, online that you can look at that will help with some of these conversations with a loved one, and it's called The Conversation Project. Um, Look them up. They have some great forms and information that will help you um, glean some of your loved one's uh, wishes because very often, you know, they... um, People don't talk much about this stuff or reflect on this stuff. But so we want to talk about um, we want to talk about family meetings. Um, I I think I've spoken about it before, but I want to spend a little bit of time with Catherine discussing it. And um, you know, um, they're often very difficult topics. There's often many different opinions, um, and so. We want to provide you with some tips for having a successful family meeting. And, um, but let's begin by just, uh, Catherine, if you can just talk a little bit about what some of the barriers are to holding a meeting and, um, and you know, ways that we might well, overcome. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, some of the barriers are the family uh, 
uh, you know, the children or whoever's in charge of the elder person. Mm-hmm. They really haven't communicated a lot. As in my case, there was one one family member that was made all the legal decisions, but when it came down to the nitty-gritty of having to deal with my mother, uh, he wanted nothing to do with it and couldn't handle it. And uh, I think that that's a hard, hard thing, uh, you know, for some people to confront. Um, I think if you need to get the elder person hopefully involved in it themselves, if they're able, if their dementia is not too far gone. But still, if it's, if it's in the early stages, people still have their preferences and what they want to, you know, how they, mm-hmm. uh, how they feel that, how they would want to be, you know, cared for when they need more assistance than they're able to, you know, get on their own. So, so one of the uh, barriers is having a family member who's just not interested. Yeah, not in, interested in, or, you know, can't face it, you know. Right, is having a hard time, uh, is in denial yeah. or having difficulty mm-hmm. thinking there's a problem. Yeah. Um, and, and then I hear you saying it can be that you're, you know, the senior themselves who it would be nice if they could be in a planning meeting um, simply can't attend a family meeting. And, um, uh, and I would say, um, you know, historically, geography played a big role. Correct. Um, trying to get everybody at a meeting at one time uh, with their busy lives and commitments. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, some people might want a paid caregiver to be at a meeting, but the paid caregiver is not able to to make any decisions. Join Well, they're not able to join Mm -hmm. in the planning uh, in the family meeting. we do have Zoom now, which is um, easy. You know, it's it makes it easier for people to gather. Um, you know, I often, I have heard, you know, my sister would never agree to a meeting, but they've never asked the sister if she would attend a meeting. Um, mm-hmm. um, so... You know there are there are barriers, but I think there they can be overcome. Um, I um, think it's best to involve everyone, but if everyone can't be there, you should. I think you should hold the meeting anyway. Yes, or help or or include them virtually. Right. Yeah, and um, so. Who should you invite to the meeting? Just well, family, um, close friends. Family, and you might think about a close friend mm-hmm. who knows them, you know, is willing to participate because they can give observations that maybe the elder wouldn't reveal. And, uh, you know, so that we could have an honest appraisal of what the situation is mm-hmm. and all the children if there's you know depending on how many children there are right because the initial meeting isn't necessarily I mean that you can have more than it, one meeting the initial meeting yeah, is not necessarily right. a decision making no um, event to describe why we're ha- why we will 
be having, you know, why we're going through this process. Well, and, and coming up with some sort of plan, but plan, um, yeah. yeah, I like to think of it as, um, um, I like to think of it as identifying needs, creating mm-hmm. a task list, um, and, um, and parceling out the tasks, having people volunteer mm-hmm. to take on certain tasks or do certain types of research and mm-hmm. um, obtain certain kinds of information and then come back as a group to complete mm-hmm. everything. Um, if it can be done beforehand, I would recommend an agenda. How about you? I agree. I agree. Yeah. And you know, you just can't, when you get into a case, can't make the plan right then and there, and it's got to evolve over time. And and I would say having your loved one there is really a matter of, yes. Um, yes. It, it, it's important and it's good, but, you know, some families might not be comfortable, or if you're talking about end-of-life matters and you're your loved one is actively dying or in hospice. Mm-hmm. It may, they may not want to include their loved one. I mean, I, um, I think it's really up to the family, although in our culture we have a tendency to leave out the older person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, we may, want to right. include, we may want to include them depending on where they're at. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. How about, um, you know, if a loved one is there, how about a spiritual advisor or, or neighbor or, um, mm-hmm. or a social worker think, that's been working with the family? I think that's very important mm-hmm. to have somebody like that. It's typically recommended that there be a neutral third party to facilitate yeah, well, the meeting. basically what they are, yeah. Yeah, so it might be one of those folks. It might be a geriatric care manager. Care um, manager, too, yeah. As we're, as we're known now, life care manager. Um, uh, what is it that a life care manager can offer to this meeting that might, that might help? Well, direction. Mm-hmm. I think it'll keep the subject going in the right direction. You know, the ultimate goal is to have, you know, uh, come up with a plan for the elder person. Mm -hmm. And their knowledge base brings in a lot of help to people. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of, you know, I mean, the elder person obviously hasn't, wouldn't be thinking about it. And maybe the children haven't either knowing what, you know, what the different facilities are and, you know, what yeah. services they provide and all that good stuff. Yes. I have um, often recommended to families that that they consider having a care manager do um, one of our assessments and put together um some recommendations in writing of observations and some potential solutions um, that, you know, one of the 
family members can then bring to a meeting or disseminate among the group prior to having the family meeting. I think that can mm-hmm. be helpful. Um, yes. It, it, that's, you know, it saves time in terms of meeting, identifying, going out and doing mm-hmm. research. Right. Um, you know, I mean, things like if medication's an issue, we might recommend an electronic medication box or a reminder system. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, or then they have to talk about who's going to fill the med box. Um, yeah. And, and parcel out that task. Um, mm-hmm. One of the problems that can come up in a family meeting is, um, you know, we all have past issues. If, if you're in a sibling group, there's, there's past, we have a, we have a history. Mm-hmm. There's yes. been, there's been stuff in the past. Um, and that stuff can often surface. In fact, I was um, in a training one time on um, elder mediation, a new area of practice. And, and uh, um, the, the, t- the person teaching the class said that very often if you, bring a group of siblings into a room and tell them to sit around the table, they will often sit in the same order in which they sat as children at the family dinner table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just so deeply ingrained, ingrained um, yeah. that childhood stuff. And so what can happen is those conflicts can surface and someone needs to bring them back to the fact that the focus of the meeting is mom is her needs, her care, and not Mm -hmm. uh, what happened when you were, you know, seven. Right. Um, So having a neutral third party is pretty critical. But what are are some of the tips for um, having a successful family meeting? What can people do to prepare for and, um, and, you know, kind of handle their own meeting? Well, I I think you're recommendation of having a professional assess the situation first and preparing a needs and how the needs can be satisfied, uh, you know, paper so people can think about it and then bring in, you know, have the children and they haven't defined it ahead of time that, you know, we're looking after mom or dad, whoever it is, and, you know, we want to do the best thing that we the best, find the best solution for them. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to let them know that they can't carry, you know, we're, we're here today, not mm-hmm. way back when. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Let me add a couple others. Um, um, as the host, of course, I over plan here. Um, uh-huh. I, I have something we we touched on making an agenda. Um, it's yeah. generally recommended that you take up the more difficult issues first, the most pressing issues. Right. Maybe not uh-huh. the most difficult, but the things that are uh, are of concern right now, and um, and you know organize the plan uh, in topic areas. Maybe break it down. Uh, uh-huh. You know finances, medical. Um, home, legal, uh-huh. that, that sort of thing. It's amazing to uh-huh. me how many families don't know if their parent has their legal docs in order. 
um, right. decide who's going to be kind of the team leader, mm-hmm. right? Who's going who's gonna to direct all the follow-up. Um, keep the conversation open and honest. Um, right. Make room for everybody to participate. Make sure everyone speaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes, I think they, so they feel that they're part of the process. <clears throat> yes. Um, write things down. I, um, the way I was trained to facilitate these meetings, um, if you can get a, um, an easel and, you know, one of those big pads mm-hmm. of paper and, and put that up there. Um, or, well, if you're on, Zoom, somebody can have, um, you know, you can do a screen share and have uh, a Word document, a blank Word document up and just put notes up there of what, but write it down. It doesn't have to be formal or fancy, Mm -mm. but it needs to be written down. Right. Um, And of course, um, you know, try to end the meeting on a positive note. Mm -hmm. Um try to plan um, a follow-up meeting. Um, If you're able to accomplish the plan in the one meeting, talk about a time when you'll reevaluate or how, you know, how everything's going to be implemented and who's going to kind of manage that process. How, uh, in your experience, do you keep these, do you have some kind of a time frame for these meetings or can they go on for four hours or do you try to limit it to one, maybe one and a half hours? Yeah, I think, um, you know, particularly if you're on Zoom, it can be harder to stay on for mm-hmm. a long period. Um, I think it depends on how much work you have to do, but uh, mm-hmm. probably two hours. I mean, I've seen these things go half a day, all day, oh. but, um, you know, a couple hours and, mm-hmm. yeah. and then uh, maybe everyone goes off and does their homework and, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks later you come back and do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be helpful. I think the critical thing is, um, You know, and some families can do this on their own. They don't necessarily need a third party. But, the you know, people need to assess that. And, I mean, if even one person doesn't feel comfortable, um, we could even say safe, but let's say comfortable, doing the meeting without without a facilitator, I would ask that the group consider finding a facilitator. Yeah. and, and care managers certainly are doing more and more of these family meetings. Um, the family attorney might be able to um, facilitate the meeting. Um, you know, it, it, it really depends on who um, the group would trust to do it. It doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to be someone who knows um, your loved one well. It just needs to be someone that everyone would agree is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in fact, you could, you know, call an elder law attorney and see if they would facilitate it if there's not a care manager, in, you know, mm-hmm. in your area. So, 
Yeah. So I think that, let's see, sometimes it's suggested that the, uh, um, that you have an agenda item called, you know, like, let's say you're just talking about a specific subject, right? Like moving mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some people think moving mom um, is needed. Others don't. So you might do a pros and cons of mom moving and mm-hmm. have each person, um, you know, lead a discussion of why we want mom to move, you know, and you can talk about we're afraid she'll right. fall and, you know, and then you can talk about solutions for falling uh including the life alert and the cell phones and daily phone calls or visitors. Um, And you talk about the benefits and the drawbacks of the move. So you could be very topic specific like that. Um, Anyway, um, listen, if people have questions, um, I think as you've heard in the comings and goings of the, of the show, you can reach out, send questions to me at nancy at agingnetwork.com. Um, mm-hmm. there, um, there are a couple of places in the country training uh, people specialized in elder mediation. If there is right. a lot of conflict in the family, it can be good to have a professional mediator um, come in um, and sit with you. But at any rate... Um, that's our 2020 show, folks. We um, wish you an amazing 2021. Um, just remember, as my daughter reminds me, this is temporary. It will pass. We are close. Um, mm-hmm. I really hate this. I hate being um, kept from gatherings. I am an extrovert, and I like social stuff. Um, Catherine, thank you for um, joining me from Florida today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed participating. You you and I need to visit some more about our mutual um, practices, and maybe we can do a show. A show on guardianship might be really helpful to families. Yes. Yes. How to avoid it. (laughs) How to avoid guard? Let's talk about that. How to avoid guardianship? That's That's a great. That's a great show. I'd love to do that. Yeah, and remember, folks, um, beginning in the new year, I'm expanding my topics to include those of interest to aging boomers. Um, So we'll talk about caregiving and aging in general, all things aging. I wish you well. Um, Happy 2021. Um, it, it, It can't be a worse year. It has to be a better year. So be well, stay safe. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in this week to Aging Life Network. Please join host Nancy Oriola for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We can't wait to talk again.